When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at marines.com. This is the Blood Red podcast from the Liverpool Echo, giving you the inside track on all the big talking points from Anfield. Welcome everyone to the liverpool.com podcast. I am your host, David Comerford, and I'm joined by the liverpool.com editor, Matt Addison. And in this episode, we're going to be continuing our series of deep dives into Liverpool's midfield players ahead of the rebuild in that area this season. Last week, we looked at Curtis Jones, and today we're going to be looking at Thiago. Um, and welcome, obviously, everyone listening on the Twitter space and also on the audio platforms afterwards. So I put a poll on my Twitter account at the end of April asking whether, when you take everything into account, um, what score the signing of Thiago in 2020 uh, deserves. And there was 122 people that voted. The most common score was 7 out of 10, with 52.5%, so just over half. 14.8% said 5 to 6. 27% said 8. And five, only 5.7% though saying it was worth a 9 or a 10. So Matt, I'm going to start by putting that same question to you. What score would you give the sign? And obviously one that generated huge excitement in um, in 2020 when it happened. And has it maybe been influenced by another injury setback in the past few days. Yeah, I think I think injuries are, are the thing, aren't they? That's the, the only thing that you can kind of mark him down for. I think in terms of the, the improvements that he makes the to the Liverpool midfield, in terms of the um sort of style that, that he adds, the the kind of evolution that we were looking for really in the, the centre of the park for Liverpool. I think it's he's kind of brought what you wanted to see from him, but just not often enough. And I know you've got the numbers, you're going to go through them in just a second. So, yeah, with all of that in mind, it's it's hard to go above a seven, I think. Um, it'd be interesting to, to obviously go into to what the future holds for him and, and all the rest of it. But yeah, I think, I think for me, I'd, I'd probably go seven. Um, I think lower than that is maybe a little bit harsh. I think particularly last season, uh, the end of, of the season before the, the kind of eight or nine games that, that got Liverpool into the Champions League, he was a, a big, big driving force in that. And it's obviously not just his injuries and, and absences. There's been, you know, lots of, of other players around him that have been missing. You think of his first season was was a really tough one for Liverpool as, as a group. Um, obviously, he missed a lot of games in that time as well. But there were, were other factors as well that, that kind of came into to what the, the disappointing season uh, that, that followed. So, yeah, it's it's a really tricky one. It's obviously not worked as perfectly as Liverpool thought. It's not been, you know, the, the kind of transformation that we thought we were going to get with Thiago. But um, yeah, seven out of ten for me. I think it's um, it, it's one that's 
still got time left in it. That there's still potential for him to to show a little bit more. But uh, I suppose the other thing I'd say is as well, we kind of we knew that there was you know a history of injuries and, and he has missed matches before. It it wasn't a complete surprise that, that that's the case. But yeah, when he's fit, he's brilliant, and I love watching him. But it's obviously not just not 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 happened enough over the the last sort of three years or so. You mentioned there, obviously there'll be in time left till some time on Thiago's side and we'll, we'll talk about what the future certainly next season may hold for Thiago later in, in the podcast but as you mentioned there Matt um, let's just briefly recap the kind of injury numbers um, for Thiago so to date he's missed 63 games through injury this is according to transfer market data and um, obviously that will increase up to the end of the season with Thiago already ruled out um, for the remainder of the campaign. And he'll end 22-23, having started just 14 of Liverpool's 38 Premier League games. Only once in his three seasons at Liverpool will he have played the majority of uh, Premier League games from the off, and, and that was in his debut season when he just about managed it with 20. And if we look at sort of his overall record of starts throughout those three seasons, taking into account the absence that'll keep him out for the remainder of this year, like I say, it would be 44.7%. And just to kind of tie up the injuries point, you know, you said there rightly that it was a concern, Ed, in that summer when Liverpool were going for him about the injuries of Bayern Munich. Could you paint the transfer in that sense as a risk that simply hasn't fully paid off? Would that be a fair reading of it? I'm not sure, to be honest. I think, I think for me, you you look at the price that Liverpool paid for him. They didn't spend a great deal of money. I think it was an initial twenty, maybe going up to to twenty five, which is not a huge amount of money in terms of, you know, the 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 modern day midfielder in terms of the quality and the experience that he's got. So, I don't necessarily think that for him to be a success, he has to play you know, 80-90% of the games. I think I think he can be a success with playing a smaller number of games. It's just that how small is, is that number? I mean, you know, 44.7% is is really too small. Um but I think there's there's kind of a there's a gap, isn't there, between say a Genie One Alden that never ever got injured compared to, to Thiago at, at this end. I think there's there's a point in the middle where you can kind of say he brings so much quality and, and so much of a, a difference that you can kind of put up with that and, and, and just accept it. And you kind of knew it was going to happen to a certain extent anyway. And you've got other players. I think that the problem really is that Liverpool haven't got other players or certainly haven't had enough of them over the past few seasons. There's been basically too many injuries. I'm sure we'll come on to, to other players that might sign in the summer and, and kind of how he fits in next season. But, you know, if you've got, you know, three players who are regulars and don't get injured that much and can be kind of the, the kind of staples in this team. I think, you know, if you kind of take out Oxlade-Chamberlain, Cater, obviously Milner's going to go. If, if you take those three out and, and put in another three players who can play consistently, you can then afford to have the kind of luxury, I suppose, if, if you like, of, of Thiago. You can obviously reduce the injuries as much as possible because of um, being able to rotate him and, and not rely on him as much and not play him as much, but you can also just you know manage his minutes and you know it, it might be that you pick and choose his games a little bit more. It might be that you you use him in a slightly different way. I think you know that's the the kind of thing which 
he has not had any control over. Obviously, he doesn't have control over the injuries and, and you know other absences and, and that kind of thing. But it, it, it's just not helped, has it? You, you can maybe get a, a get away with with one. And I think if you're going to justify you know taking a risk on a, an injury prone player or you know accepting that somebody's going to be missing, you'd probably pick Thiago because of of the quality. You know, someone like Artur, for example, this season. You can't make the argument that he's worth having around because obviously he's been injured for the entire season. But even when he's been there, he's he's not particularly stood out. He's not at that level. I think with someone like Thiago, you can play less games and still be a success. It's just a case of, you know, Liverpool haven't been able to pick and choose the games that he's played because when he's been fit, he's had to play pretty much every game and, and been a crucial part of it. I think if you get the rest of the jigsaw puzzle around him, to be, you know, spot on, which hopefully Liverpool can do this summer. You know, suddenly then maybe we can see the the real Thiago. Unfortunately for him, he's been here for for three seasons now, and you know, pretty much all of them have have been, you know, disrupted in one way or the other, and not just for him, but for the players around him as well. Unfortunately, yeah, that that has been the case, and I think it's worth remembering with Thiago that Liverpool basically disrupted their model, parted with. The model that they trusted so much for the sign, and they didn't. You know, the, the phrase from Jamie Carragher comes to mind. Liverpool didn't tend to buy superstars; they tended to make them instead. And um, but with Thiago, it was a case of he wanted to join. He wanted that new challenge when he was at Bayern. And even though he was sort of injury prone, even though he was, you know, already coming up to the age of thirty, Liverpool decided that it was too good an opportunity to turn down a player of that calibre, obviously, who had just won the Champions League, wanting to join. And that leads into another point I wanted to to make, Matt, before we move on to sort of how Thiago has sort of fared this season and what next season might look like for him, was the fact that Thiago was, by all accounts, the player who almost initiated the move in the sense that, you know, he was coming into the final year of his contract to buy and he had just won the Champions League. Like I said, he'd obviously won the Bundesliga plenty of times as well. And he wanted to test himself for another league. And he picked out Liverpool, who obviously were just coming off um, a Premier League title season as the club he wanted. But he surely would have expected to, to sort of be competing for the biggest silverware at Anfield too. But as it's turned out, you know, you look at two of the three seasons that he's had. Liverpool in, in his first season, kind of similar to this year, really struggled a lot more than expected for much of the campaign. Huge drop-off, just about salvage top four at the end. It's been a very similar story this year. Last year was obviously an exception. And Thiago, in his defence, when Liverpool were actually at that elite level, I mean, Thiago was excellent last season. He made the, the PFA team of the year. So do you think it's fair to say, you know, we're not criticising Thiago by any stretch, but for obviously the injuries he suffered, it's not his fault. But in terms of when we make the judgment on the sign, and would it be fair to say that, his expectations when he made the move haven't been met. Um, you might say the same for Liverpool, but but Thiago as well would have anticipated challenging for those top honours. The Blood Red Podcast from the Liverpool Echo. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. 
Priceline. Yeah, and I think that's why you bring a player like him in with his experience and like I said before, it's kind of a, an evolution. It's it, it's the next step forward, really. I think ultimately it was you know Wijnaldum out and, and him in in terms of of kind of the the first eleven for Jurgen Klopp and what the plan was and and how they envisaged it moving forwards. The plan was you know to be able to to, to take the next step really under Jurgen Klopp and obviously I think I think Thiago said himself uh, he was taught how to run by by Jurgen Klopp and, and kind of had to to adapt and you know it was a new experience for him in that regard so you know from from all of what we've seen and what we've heard he's he's enjoyed his time at Anfield he's been able to to learn new things you know he's worked with amazing amazing coaches and, and Jurgen Klopp will be right up amongst in the, the the bracket when he looks back at his career and you know to, to play in in three of the the biggest clubs in the world three different leagues and and have all of that experience I think is is no bad thing but yeah you, you just got to hope really that Liverpool can get back to that level again next season because I think like you say we've we've seen the best of him when we've seen the best of, of Liverpool and you know the, the two obviously go hand in hand they're they're related to each other and you know if, if Liverpool can get the, the midfield balance right in terms of availability this summer suddenly then I think we will see a better version of, of him there's you know the, there's loads of players that you can make that argument for I think you know, Jordan Henderson's got criticism at times this season not necessarily being injured but he's just looked absolutely shattered because he's been asked to play too much football I think you know for someone like Thiago next season it needs to be a, a season like it was last season. That's not to say that Liverpool will go as close as what they did to, to winning everything, because you know you can't you can't ever hang your hat on something like that happening. But I think for for him, yeah, the the kind of success so far has been mixed in terms of a, a team perspective. He would have been expecting a little bit more, but I suppose that's the the kind of gamble. That's the the Premier League, isn't it? It's it's a lot more competitive. If if Liverpool drop off, you know, there's there's more teams there than there is in the Bundesliga and and even in La Liga as well to to take over and and be you know more competitive. So yeah, I'd expect Liverpool to be a lot better next season. And if they can get it right in the summer, I think we'll probably see a much better Thiago as well. Yeah, the, the two go hand in hand, obviously to a degree, and. You know, we think back to the rationale for Liverpool parting with that model, like I mentioned earlier, it was that, I think the phrase Jürgen Klopp used was, was Thiago was a game changer. He was someone who was supposed to kind of keep them at the top, be that sort of difference maker in the big moments, given all, you know, I think he's a player who's by far the most decorated in the Liverpool squad. Um, unfortunately, only been able to add a, a couple of domestic cups to that, which is obviously sort of no no mean feat, but um, hopefully we'll have another opportunity to um, compete for a Champions League or, or a league title um, next season if we can get back to that level. And I think it's interesting as well, the point you make, um, Ari Wijnaldum, I mean, not obviously a uh, a stylistic replica by any means, but kind of parachuting into the team in that same position. It's really sort of exacerbated or, or heightened that contrast, I suppose, with Thiago's injuries and maybe, maybe makes it a little bit more questionable for Liverpool to um, to make that switch um, in a way, I suppose. Obviously, there was that kind of one season where they were together, but there wasn't really any replacement source um, when when Alden did leave. And I think that was because they sort of saw Thiago as the player who could take over the minutes, but that um, has backfired and they haven't really had anyone to kind of fill that void. But maybe we can talk about um, one or two players who could later on. But yeah, like I say, let's move on to um, this season now and uh, just sort of reflect on that before we look at what the future might hold. I want to read a few sort of stats out. I mean, these are all areas 
where Thiago ranks first among Liverpool's midfielders. So just bear with me a second, because I think it is worth kind of laying out all of them just to emphasise how good he's been. Um, progressive passes, passes into the final third, passes completed, long passes completed, long pass accuracy, defensive actions leading to a shot attempt, successful tackles, um, successful tackle percentage and successful take on. So across the board, really, we're seeing, we're seeing Thiago kind of right up there at the top among Liverpool's midfielders. I mean, as much as I mentioned earlier, you know, it will only be 14 Premier League games started. He has to be considered Liverpool's best midfield performer this season, doesn't he, Matt? Even if that isn't necessarily the biggest accolade at the moment. Yeah, I think so. I think that's fair. And, and like you say, it's it's not it's not a surprise and it's not also, you know, a big thing for him when you compare him to, to some of the other players that Liverpool have had. There's just not been consistency really across the board, has that we've seen a small portion of, of the season now put together by Curtis Jones. We've had, you know, Harvey Elliott there doing bits, but there's always sort of been question marks around sort of where he fits into that exactly. And, you know, other than that, there's not been not been too many success stories really. We've seen Fabinho drop off. So yeah, Thiago has been the, the best, but it, it's not not necessarily the, the highest bar in the world for, for that in terms of you know, suitability. I think you know someone like Harvey Elliott is is brilliant and, and will be a brilliant player for Liverpool. But it's just about finding that right position, which is thankfully what they've managed to do with with Curtis Jones. So yeah, it's um, th- there's no no real question marks around Thiago's quality. I don't think that's ever been in doubt really. I think the the numbers that you've listed off there speak for themselves. I think the sort of progressions and and that kind of side of the game is is hugely important. I think we've seen this new system that Liverpool have got now. You know, there's a number of players that have been able to to add that, but you know before that you were kind of looking at it and you know not to to, to go back to Wijnaldum too many times, but you'd think of you know that midfield with him and and say a, a Milner or a Henderson or even Fabinho in there as well at certain times there was maybe a bit of a, a lack of of that sort of you know forward thinking and, and creativity from certain areas of the pitch, which Thiago is is obviously a huge huge uh, success. Uh, in terms of, of that kind of progression, I think underrated in terms of, of dribbling as well, in terms of, you know, knowing when the, the right time is to, to do those sorts of things. And, you know, again, I just don't think his, his quality and what he adds to the Liverpool midfield, I don't think has, has ever really been in doubt. It's it's more, you know, just the, the ability to, to get him on the pitch. So, yeah, it, it's no surprise that he's been Liverpool's best midfielder this season. Um Hopefully, he can be, be right up there next season, but hopefully he'll have a, a little bit more competition. The Blood Red Podcast from the Liverpool Echo. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Yeah, definitely. Um, certainly for, for those all those midfield honors, um, you wouldn't want him to, to look like a one-man midfield. But there have been certainly moments this season where that has been the case. And if we look at it for Thiago, there was a window where he came back from his hip injury and he was back in the match day squads for Liverpool. But it was Curtis Jones who was getting the starts in that sort of left side, the number eight role, which Thiago had made his own previously. 
And it was interesting to see that. I mean, obviously, Jones was playing well in his own right, but it was still a surprise to see Thiago once he reached what you would think is full fitness left on the bench. We hadn't really seen that, I suppose, since maybe one or two games in his first season at Liverpool. But could it be, Matt, down to the new system that Klopp's put in place? I think maybe we're seeing Trent Alexander-Arnold carry out some of the functions in terms of his role in the build-up play, in terms of what he's doing, sitting alongside Fabinho, that Thiago normally sort of took control of. And what does that maybe mean for next season in terms of whether Thiago kind of fits into a first-choice Liverpool eleven, which has Alexander-Arnold kind of tucked into that midfield position? Yeah, I think this is the the most interesting thing about the whole thing, really, for me, is that I'm not sure he is a natural fit in terms of it. I can see him, obviously, in a, a double pivot. You know, him and, and maybe Trent together would be interesting. But then, is that defensively good enough to to sort of play against a, a bigger team? Maybe that's something you could do against a, a lesser team, particularly at Anfield. Maybe that's something that you could look at in terms of, of playing the two of them together. And obviously, he's played in a two a number of times for for Bayern and has obviously excelled in, in that sort of area. But that that kind of further forward position we saw him, you know, earlier on in his career, but he's never really been that at Liverpool. He's he's not really been that for, for a long time really in terms of, of that kind of almost like a number ten type position. I don't really don't really see him in that way. But I think we have seen some good stuff from Curtis Jones in that left sided position in terms of sort of dropping deeper and, and progressing the ball from there. Um, just the, the little short passes, the, the gives and goes to to kind of drag players out of position. I, I can kind of see that you know Thiago would fit into to the system in terms of um, in terms of that sort of specific thing. But I think you know doing the the stuff a little bit deeper. Curtis Jones, I think, has got the edge in in in, in the kind of attacking areas, which seems a little bit strange to say when you think of, of the kind of player that Thiago is, very creative and and can do those sorts of things. But yeah, just. It'd be interesting to see exactly where he fits in. Um, like I say, uh, out of the two positions, you'd kind of think that the, the deeper role rather than the more attacking number eight would suit him better. But then that would be in place of Fabinho. And I, I don't really see Thiago as a player that could play as, as a sole number six in, in many, if any, games for, for Liverpool next season. I don't think, you know, defensively, I mean, the, even when he came in and during his first season, there was all those sort of talks that people were having about, you know, throwing himself into tackles and, you know, was he able to, to kind of fit into the Premier League style of play? I think he's he's definitely answered those questions, but whether he's answered them to, to such an extent, you can play him as a, as a number six on his own, I'm, I'm not too sure. But it's interesting where he fits in. I mean, this is, of course, assuming that Liverpool stick with this system and, and this is what they're going to do next season. And you know, maybe it's a case that they won't stick with it at all. Maybe it's a case that they'll mix things up. And you know, maybe if Thiago's playing, maybe it goes back to that sort of traditional, or well, not traditional as such, but the, the kind of system that Liverpool played last season with Thiago in there and, and that kind of next evolution of, of the traditional 4-3-3. But I think there is a bit of a question mark about Thiago, but I suppose... If we go back to what we said before, if Liverpool do stick with this system and Thiago is kind of the the luxury player, if you like, in terms of you kind of use him when he's fit and you can use him as as much as possible, I think you know his his injury record and and the absences that we've discussed, I think I think that kind of rules him out in terms of this is a player that you build your team around. I think if if the system looks better for Trent and Salah and 
you know, Fabinho looks improved and Curtis Jones can stick into to this form and all the rest of, of the things that we've discussed in terms of the system and, and the players that it suits. I think ultimately Thiago is is very, very good, but he's not a player that you can kind of build this system around. I think if if he's one of those that you'd kind of put in the we're not quite sure where he fits in category. I think that's that's kind of one that you're just going to have to take with him. I think he's he's just not ultimately going to be there for every single minute of every single game. And when that's the case, you, you can't build the midfield around him. You've got to kind of use him as a bonus and and, and keep your fingers crossed that you know he, he fits into it well enough that when he is fit, he can come in and, and play it. But I wouldn't necessarily sort of decide what happens with the formation depending on you know how Thiago fits into it because. You know, as, even if you took out the availability and the injuries and all of that sort of stuff, just the age that he is now, he's he's not, you know, the, the next ten years for Liverpool where someone like Trent still could be. You know, he's he's one of those players that you've got to get the most out of him at the moment. But you've also got to think, you know, the the, the future, the the players who are going to be in this Liverpool team for for the next few years. Ultimately, he's he's probably not one of those. So he's almost like a an icing on the cake type player. I think for for me that if he's fit and he's ready and he can have an impact, he can be a huge huge asset for Liverpool next season. But he's not one that I think you'd you'd sort of tailor the system around, or he's not. He he just can't be the first name on the team sheet because he just isn't there often enough for that to be the case. The Blood Red Podcast from the Liverpool Echo. Yeah, you look at his sort of season-to-season record and most of the time he's available for sort of, or certainly ready to start about, you know, 50% of the time. But like you say, that isn't necessarily um, a reliable level. It's worth mentioning at this point that we looked into the kind of winners and losers of the Trent Alexander-Arnold midfield move um, a couple of podcasts ago. So make sure you um, head back and listen to that one as well if you want to hear us talk about that in a bit more depth. And I think it's interesting, you know, you mentioned about how, you know, Liverpool can't construct a team around him. I mean, this was a player who looked like one of the most important in the side last season. I remember when he when he suffered an injury, um, not long before the Champions League final, there was a lot of a panic within the Liverpool fan base thinking, is he going to be unavailable? And almost as if Liverpool's chances partly rested on that. Obviously, that was only a year ago, but we find ourselves in a much different situation now, Matt. And, you know, you used the phrase luxury player there. Do you think Liverpool, on that basis, need to bring in another player, as well as, you know, Curtis Jones has done? Liverpool need to bring in, in the summer, a player who can start in that left-sided number eight role and not necessarily be um, just cover for Thiago, but sort of be a first 11 calibre Liverpool player in their own right. Yeah, I think so. And I think, as I said before, ultimately that would would help him if he can play less and you can put less stress on his body. Maybe that helps the injuries and maybe you get a, a better version of him when he is fit. I think if he can play 50% of the games, but you can guarantee that those 50% are, are him at 100%, then I think you'd take that. And I think you've got to, to kind of plan for the future. You've got to try and get other players within this system and, and get players around Fabinho and, and Trent to help those out. And you know the same for, for Henderson. The, the less he can play, the better he'll be in the games that he does feature in. So, yeah, th- there's no doubt about it. We've known that Liverpool are going to go and, and get at least two, hopefully three, maybe even four midfielders in the summer because of, of the players that are going out and the ones that they're going to have to replace. I don't think I don't think there's too many players like Thiago. I don't think you can kind of you know pick out a, another Thiago to come into the team. You know, I know there's there's loads of, of names linked. I think 
whoever they get will be, you know, they might have elements of the game, like I mentioned with Curtis Jones before, that kind of dropping deep and, and the build-up play, um, the, the sort of impact that he's had over the last few weeks. Maybe you can get someone who can do that sort of thing. Maybe you can get someone who comes in and, and does the, the kind of switches of play that Thiago can do at certain points in time. But I don't think you're ever going to get someone who's completely like him because obviously part of the appeal when Liverpool brought him in was that he is unique. He's something that, you know, not just that they haven't seen before, but there isn't really anybody like him, uh, particularly, I don't think, in terms of, of his style and, and the impact that he can have on a game. So, yeah, they're going to have to go out and get more midfielders. It's not going to be, you know, Thiago 2.0. I don't think that really is is realistic to, to go and get that kind of player. But, you know, it, it doesn't have to be that style. It can be somebody different who is, you know, more reliable and, and can offer offer different things. That's that's no bad thing in terms of, of the evolution. If if you've got Thiago that can come in as and when he's fit um, and you've got others who can play in a slightly different way, you know, that, that just gives Liverpool another option when he is fit that you can kind of change things up and, and give opponents something else to, to think about. So it's not about getting another version of Thiago. I think it's just about getting a, a proper functioning midfield and, and sorting out that element of, of the squad in the summer. And you know, There's loads of, of players who can play that left-sided role. I think Mason Mount is one that could play off that left side. Obviously completely different to Thiago, completely different to, to Curtis Jones. But you know, something like that where you can bring in him and then you've got the option to, to change it with Thiago. I think that would be the uh, the ideal solution for Liverpool, really. I, I don't think it will be a case of, of trying to, to, to replicate what he has done for this Liverpool team or or try and replicate that. I think he was, was a one-off, like we said before. You know, he's someone that they've seen uh, an opportunity to go and get him. He had a year left on his contract at Bayern. He was looking for a new challenge. Liverpool was the right club for him and, and I think still can be. Um, but I don't think, you know, it, it was more, you know, it was more an exception to the rule. I think that Liverpool went out and, and got a player like this. I think, I think this summer it's it's got to be a more traditional signing. And yeah, when I said luxury player in terms of of him before, I don't mean luxury in terms of sort of he's a luxury player when he's on the pitch. You kind of defend him with ten without the ball or anything like that. I think he he can very much fit into the Liverpool system. I mean, a luxury player in the sense of he's not always there, but when he is there, he can make a huge impact. But yeah, 100%, they've got to go out and, and get others that can do that when he isn't there. Because as we've said so many times, there's there's, there's too many games and the, the evidence is there now over the three years that you know he's he's missed more games per season for Liverpool that he's been at Liverpool than, than Naby Keita, which I think you know surprised me certainly when I did the, the numbers. I think Keita's average over his time at Liverpool has been about 17 or 18 and, and Thiago is, is 20, 21 that he's missed each each season. So it's, um, yeah, it's it, he's, he's just ultimately not a player that you can rely on week in, week out because of his injuries. And it, it's a real shame, but I'm sure Liverpool will look to sort that in the summer. The Blood Red Podcast from the Liverpool Echo. Yeah, certainly on the luxury, luxury player points, it's more of the case that he would sort of just be a bonus when he is fit and you just got to make sure you're not over-reliant on him. And in terms of sort of a name of someone who Liverpool might look at, I think Alexis McAllister is the one who's kind of standing out at the moment as the player Liverpool have kind of earmarked for that role. A lot of strong links with him and, and indications maybe that Liverpool will, will try to make him potentially their first sign of the summer, almost box that off um, quite quickly. And, and like you mentioned, Matt, not someone who's an exact replica, but maybe offers enough of the attributes 
um, that you'd get from Thiago to, to be that kind of ideal fit or ideal successor, however you want to look at it. So one last question then before we finish. Thiago is out of contract in just over a year's time. He's approaching the final 12 months of his deal. Do you see any arguments? I mean, based on, I suppose, the answer you've given in this podcast, the answer would be no, but there's a few people who are kind of making the point that Liverpool could and perhaps should look to sell him this summer. Um, or for you, would the best approach be to keep him for that kind of last year and then let him move on on a free transfer, given that he probably isn't going to get you too much value anyway and you haven't paid all that much when you signed him in the first place? Yeah, I don't see that Liverpool would look to get rid of him this summer. I think that the fact that he's missed the end of this season, he's had surgery so that he can back, be back for, for pre-season and you know, I, I just don't see any any logic in that. I can see you know, in, in a year's time, maybe there's an argument that you extend his, his deal by another year or something like that just to, to get a little bit more from him um, in terms of, of the injuries he's had, if he can kind of get over those or if Liverpool can get a functioning system around him so they don't have to rely on him as much and he can kind of be that bonus that we've talked about. I think you know, there's more an argument for, for that being the case. So, yeah, in terms of, of this summer, I don't think there's there's any chance really that he'd want to move on. I think he's he's come to Liverpool to, to try something new and, and to try and you know get to the next level. He's had one season of, of kind of... You know, seeing what that's like, and has played in a Champions League final, but you know he's he's won you know domestic trophies with Liverpool. I think there's there's still more to to get from him. I think for for him, I don't think I don't think he'd want to leave. I don't think Liverpool would want to. And you know, as much as anything else, they've got far too much to do in midfield as it is anyway. So I think at the very least, we'll see him you know do another season at Liverpool until the end of his contract. But I really do think if if it came to it, there is there is an argument to, to extend that maybe by a year or so after that. He's still young enough and, you know, we've seen, you know, even just tonight, as we record this, you know, Manchester City have, have played Real Madrid and you look at some of the, the experienced players in, in that, the obvious names, you know, Modric and, and Tony Kroos, you know, Thiago could, could potentially go and, and do do that. Obviously hasn't been, you know, as reliable as, as those players have and the injuries and, and all the rest of it. That there are sort of points that, that detract from his value, but yeah, there's there's no value in letting him go this summer. There's there's no reason to to think that he can't have a big impact on this Liverpool team in the future. And I'm still hopeful that you know we'll we'll see the the best of him and and and, and sort of you know be able to to get beyond what we've seen from him. You know, in in fits and starts, I think we can kind of see that a little bit more consistently when Liverpool have sorted out the midfield. So yeah, I'm sure it'll be at Liverpool next season, and I would hope that. You know, he can, you know, maybe, maybe not even play more, but just, you know, when he is there, you can kind of enjoy it a little bit more in, in the knowledge that there's other players around him that can take on a bit of that responsibility and, and, and play the majority of the minutes and do a little bit more of the running for him. So, yeah, absolutely no argument to, to let him go this summer. I think there's there's a stronger case really to maybe, you know, a few months into next season, see how things are going and possibly give him a, a little bit of an extension because it just feels like so far, you know, Liverpool have, have had him but not quite been able to, to use him to the full extent. We've seen it for, for one out of the three seasons, but it, it just feels like the, the job and the reason that he came to Liverpool, it just hasn't quite been fulfilled yet. But I can still see it. I can, I can see that working out for him at, at some point. And I just, I, I love watching him. So yeah, hopefully he can be a, be a, be a Liverpool player for, for as long as possible and, and be injured for as little time as possible because he is an absolute joy to watch when he, when he is fit and, and playing.
And who knows, maybe he'll sort of thrive if you sort of take a little bit of that responsibility off him and use him more in that kind of luxury role that we've mentioned in this podcast. And yeah, Thiago's job, I suppose, is to put Liverpool in the position um, where it's going to be a difficult dilemma next year and, and make that case for that one-year extension that, that you um, mentioned there, Matt. But I think that'll about wrap us up for this episode. Thank you to all those who've joined us on the Twitter space for the live recording. And thank you, everyone, for listening on the audio platforms as well. Um, I've been your host, David Comerford, and I was joined by the Liverpool.com editor, Matt Addison. So thank you, Matt, for, for joining me. And remember that next week we'll be back with another episode looking into another of Liverpool's midfield players ahead of this summer's rebuild. But yeah, thanks very much, everyone, and we'll see you next time. You've been listening to the Blood Red Podcast from the Liverpool Echo.